When we plan our episodes, there are different sorts of ideas behind them. Sometimes we want to talk about something relevant that happened recently. We want to play games from our backlog. And sometimes we just wing it. Some other times we try to have guests just to mix things up. Some of our most memorable episodes have been so memorable precisely because of the inclusion of the guest factor. For example, episode 69, our first Valentine's Day special, is undoubtedly one of the most special episodes because the topic was so far outside our sphere of awareness that brought unexpected and funny reactions and ultimately those became part of the show itself and now we have an annual tradition. On this episode, I have a special conversation with the cause of such tradition, non-listener friend of the show, Jordan. We talk a bit about her life, cartoons, visual novels, being an animator in the industry, among other things. I'm Seiji, and this is Bonus Bonus Barrel, Episode 5. gaming memories oh jeez! i played a yeah. bunch of sonic when i was younger i liked the arcade x-men beat him up too uh yeah that's pretty much sonic would be <laughs> probably the answer for that you, you remember the first time you played uh the games are already out for a while since i was born and i had an older brother yes. too so we already had like sega genesis and stuff by the time i was born mm-hmm. i was just, i grew up with it and then you play a bunch of sonic that's what you remember yeah in your so much Sonic. Because <laughs> he had, like, <laughs> two or three Sonic games. Uh-huh. Is that your favorite game growing up? Sonic? Sonic 2, probably, just because that is what I played, the major- like, most of. I never mm-hmm. got far, though. I actually don't think I ever beat the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, liking the game doesn't make you good at it. Sonic is a, it's a bit of a complicated game for, for young kids, don't you think? Maybe. It's not... Yeah, there's not a lot to do in it. You just have to have fast reaction time and gradually learn the stages. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember the first time I played a Sonic game, I was older. I mean, not all. I mean, I was an older kid. And I remember not knowing what was going on, like, half of the time. Like, I remember the look of it and the feel of it's really different from the games that I used to play, like Mario and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's it was kind of hard to grasp. But I, I guess that if you grew up with it, yeah, I didn't have That's any fine. Nintendo system until Nintendo 64. So I certainly never grew up with, like, Mario or anything. So how old were you with the first time you played, like, 64? Uh, I don't know, maybe probably, like, five, six. I don't wow. know. Wow. That's something that is really hard for me to grasp, like, people growing up playing 3D games. But I guess it's pretty much second nature to you, right? Yeah, I played a lot of PlayStation when that came out, too. My parents spoiled us with game systems. <laughs> 
How so? Well, that they would buy us the new ones whenever we really wanted them. They'd tend to uh-huh. limit how long we could play them per day, because they didn't want us playing all day. But it was only... I think they bought us a PS2, and it was after that they just kind of stopped. But uh, growing up, they would just keep buying us new ones. What were your favorite games? Uh, I played a lot of like JRPGs and stuff. Played a bunch of that. Just kind of because I have a lot of childhood attachment to it and Sonic 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I really like Persona. My icon in the chat we're using right now is from Persona. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which one? I like Persona 4 the most, but I really like mm-hmm. 3 and 5. I'm one of those fake fans who hasn't played much of 2 and I never tried one. It's hard not to think of just the stuff I currently really like. I'd say Fire Emblem Awakening, but... Can I just say the Dynasty Warriors series? I don't think I have a particular favorite, but I love Dynasty Warriors. Uh-huh. That kind really? of Really? Yeah. Is it that good? Uh, if you like that kind of gameplay. I think Hyrule was a uh-huh. bit more polished than Dynasty Warriors tends to be. Mm-hmm. But I always like just going around killing like a thousand guys. They definitely blur together, though, so there's not one that's like, oh, that one was so good. Mm-hmm. If you want to play a Warriors game, you play a Warriors game. Let's go back a little bit. So you mentioned your parents... Uh, limiting your gameplay uh, yeah. time. Yeah, so how did that work? Uh, my parents just had this belief that like you shouldn't spend all day on electronics, even though mm-hmm. that was that, that, I was growing up at that point where everyone was spending all day on like electronics, so it was kind of weird. But anyway, they would pretty much just say you could play for like three hours and you'd split it between the computer, watching TV, or playing video games on the TV. Mm-hmm. My brother and I would cheat all the time, yeah, for a day. So, like, after mm-hmm. school would have the evening, I'd only be able to play for three hours. But they also only mm-hmm. came back, like, an hour later, so we totally <laughs> used up that extra hour, and we're like, no, we didn't play anything, didn't use any electronics. Yeah, I'm sure they knew. They dropped it eventually in high school. What kind of shows did you like uh, growing up? Uh, TV shows? started liking anime around the time I was 10, and that kind of took over things. But before that, I still liked, like, Spongebob and Fairly Odd Parents, shit like that. I'm not super picky with cartoons. As long as the style looks kind of nice, I'd be like, sure, let's go for it. If the style was bad, though, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, computers. Mm-hmm. So what did you use computers for? W- was the internet already a thing when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. I don't remember a time without the internet. My dad liked computers. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, from what I mostly remember spending my time on the internet for was Gaia Online. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... I'd read fan fiction because I'm a huge nerd. I still do. I wouldn't do a whole uh-huh. lot on the computer until I got my own. My parents would kind of like creep on what we were doing every now and then. So so how did that work for you when you were like free to explore? You mean like when the limit was broken? My parents yeah. just stopped caring on that. I think you have too much faith in us to begin with because we pretty much would just do whatever we could to get past that limit anyway. The only uh-huh. main difference is my parents would just stop nagging us and so we didn't have to eventually get forced off. <laughs> So it was nice, but it was more of a, oh, finally, thing than a, oh, yay, you can do whatever you want. Like, what would be your parenting style regarding media nowadays? Probably wouldn't let them do much until they were, like, three. Probably do some research <laughs> on it, but, like, you TV said, You said three? Before. Yeah. At least nothing more than TV before that, but after that, whatever.
You mentioned being a nerd. What does that mean for you exactly? Like, if you're talking about school, you're talking about, you know, geek culture, what are you talking about? Definitely geek culture. Mm -hmm. Always did well in school because I'm a goody two shoes, but I never wanted to actually be at school. <laughs> I found it boring. I also, mm -hmm. I was super quiet, so I didn't have many friends. It just wasn't a good time. I'd say geeky just because I played a lot of games, I watched a lot of TV, and then I would go on the computer and I'd look up stuff related to that, and that's, that was it. <laughs> I lived in fandoms, and fandoms were still growing, and I was way mm -hmm. too young. <laughs> what kind of fandoms are you talking about? The only one that stands out immediately is Full Metal Alchemist. Because I got into it when I was 12, mm. and I still fucking love it. But I would search up so much fan works for that, and I'd go on, like, discussion boards and shit. When I was, like, 12, and I... God damn it. I'm sure there's a lot of embarrassing things on the internet now if I went to go look for them. Full Metal Alchemist. There, there's a new movie right now. Netflix, oh, God. Right? Yeah. It's not, uh -huh. it's not good. Your reaction is interesting. <laughs> it's, not in, it's, it's not good. Uh -huh. But, for, for example, compared to... I saw that Death Note movie. Yeah. Which is which is like a Western adaptation, right? Which is bad. And it was bad. And it then was. I saw this one. I saw half of it. And it was kind of like completely the opposite. It's like in Japanese, made in Japan, I guess. And it's very close. In some as in some regards it's it's much closer than a Death Note one. Right? It certainly is. But but it it's kinda like it fails in the opposite way, right? Yeah. Well, like, you can't look at Full Metal and go, like, they didn't try, they got it all wrong, nothing like that, because everything's just accurate enough that you're like, okay, sure, and it looks fine, they tried, but it's not interesting, it's just boring. Mm -hmm. Death Note at least is so bad you can laugh at it. Well, Full Metal, you're like, I'd feel bad laughing at it, but I'm not enjoying it. May yeah. as well just watch the anime. I feel that anime, and, and growing up, I saw a lot of anime, and but anyway, regardless of that, I feel that they do such a good job with world building. Yeah. Like for example, in, in, in Western uh, media, there is that, but it's much more subdued. They're not as overt with their with the rules of the world, right? But when you watch a really good anime, uh, well, okay, not, not a good anime, the ones that <laughs> I like anyway, um, like they explain you the world so well. Do you like that kind of uh, world building qualities of anime or what makes you like like it so much? Well, I like cartoons in general, so it's got that going for mm -hmm. it. Uh, world building I like as long as it ties into the story. Uh, the reason yeah. I might pick an anime over a Western cartoon is because Western cartoons tend to be really episodic. So, like, something's happening for one episode, it's probably not super relevant to the rest. While anime has, like, a story throughout the whole whole season. Mm -hmm. Which world building certainly helps with, because you actually have a proper setting that everyone's interacting with, and it changes over time. So you're comparing more like a style of like Spongebob, for example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's exceptions. Mm -hmm. There's definitely Western cartoons that have a longer story, but... And there's anime that is very episodic, right? Like Ampan Man and like... Yeah, also Doraemon. True. Definitely. Sasaizan, stuff like that. Um, you mentioned school. You mentioned not you not having a good time. What do you think the role of video games, media, you know, cartoons, your interests, your fandoms had on you growing up in that environment where like school wasn't like the best experience for you do you think it was a positive one or do you think it was a negative one mm, i'm not entirely sure in one way my interests definitely stopped me from connecting with some other people in my class but there were always other nerds mm -hmm. right i just i didn't talk to them either that's a, a me thing rather than an interest thing i think 
And it certainly doesn't matter about the, the content we're learning in school. It doesn't really affect that either way. Although I did get a tiny little bit more interested in science class when they talked about alchemy. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so it did have an effect. and But also you mentioned there were other nerds. So were your interests uh, helping you make friends? They could have, I think, if I reached out more. Because mm -hmm. some of them I'm still... Like, I still talk to on Facebook every now and then. We just never got close. When did you, like, start... Like having good friends. Late high school, I think. Right now you're in high school. So I guess you're you're about to make a, a big decision like, in terms of your, your academic pursuits or, or professional goals. I mean, like why I decided Being to go into woman. art? So you decided to go into art. <laughs> well, I mentioned earlier, like I wasn't super into much at school. I could do the courses. Mm -hmm. I'd understand them well enough, but I wasn't really interested in any. So it was just mm -hmm. a matter of like, what do I actually have fun with? Oh, I like drawing. I guess I'll try art. And that Oh, we didn't mention your drawing it. up to this point. So uh, so how do you discover that? Uh, did did you just have not natural inclination to to drawing or was it because of your own interest in in anime and stuff? It was definitely because I liked cartoons and stuff. Mm -hmm. Video games too, but that's also cartoony. Back then it was all cartoony. Do you feel that it comes easier to you or like compared to your peers at that time? Mm, I'm going to say no. Again, I, like in school, I could grasp concepts using LF, so like the technical side of art I could kind of get, but I've always, I don't know, it takes me a long while to get the right hand motions and shit. Uh -huh. So you think it's just like practice and, you know, being disciplined and rigorous? Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of do a little mm. bit of studying on your own to, to know things, but for the most yeah. part, if you just kind of practice every day, you'll inevitably get better, whether you want to or not. But you're pretty much in line with, with every other, like, really good artist and i think you're you're working you're good so oh thank really you <laughs> you are i mean you're a professional also right true do you have a hard time thinking about yourself as i'm a professional whatever definitely i don't feel like a professional mm -hmm. artist and i've been in the industry for a couple of years now so it's a weird a experience uh, my first job was where i'm at now so i remember when you joined i uh, didn't have any idea what i was doing you had no idea what do you mean i I didn't know how to make games. I didn't know the process for any of this. I didn't use much for Clash either. That's true. They hired a newbie. We'll get there. We were uh, talking about your decision to go into art. Yeah. My parents so how was that for you? were not happy about it, but I enjoyed it. Your parents were not happy about it. I guess the the, the notion of you know career and, and options and economic, and economic stability and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So when I was getting high marks in, like, math and science and stuff, they were like, oh, you could go and be a doctor or something. I don't, I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. So whenever I was Why? like, I want to do art, and they were like, oh, but you're not going to get any money. For the entire time I was in college, they still kept it up. Everyone I was with was pretty cool. Shelby was in my class. Mm -hmm. She's awesome. That's where you met Shelby from the beginning. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I think we met like very briefly at an anime convention. 
she remembers it more than I do. So I guess technically I met her there, but didn't really meet meet her. So you're in school, things are going better, and at this point, how did it affect your interest in in the stuff that you were interested in when you were a kid? Did it change? Did it become more intense or more subdued? Or I think it got more varied, I guess. Or I'm still liking cartoons, but at that point, like I mentioned, I wouldn't watch cartoons if I hated the style. But I got a lot more open to styles the older I got. So by the time I was in college and I was actually studying art, I'm like, oh, okay, that style I thought was garbage is actually pretty cool. Something funny happened to me. You see, I was really good in school, history, like social sciences. I'm not even surprised. <laughs> I was really good at that, but I always loved video games. So when I was really young, I was reading this magazine. This is, this is maybe not the best way to decide your career. But I was reading a magazine and someone asked, you know, what do you need to, to make a game? And at that point, I had no idea how to make a game, right? So the guy in the magazine, he just said, oh, go study computer science. Learn to program and stuff. I had no idea what programming was. I had very limited knowledge in computers. You see, I was young, so computers were sort of new still. Yeah, that's <clears throat> the, interesting. The wasn't th I definitely knew about programming was growing up. Uh, the internet wasn't a thing back then. So it was all like printed media where you get all, most of your information in TV, but TV always sucks at giving you like the information that you want. Yeah, they're always just pushing the product, right? Although when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of educational shows. That also does I not remember, surprise me. <laughs> I remember watch, uh, watching and loving this show, Beekman's World, I think was the name in English. Anyway, so based on that letter to the magazine saying programming, that's when I decided, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn to program I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm going to make games. So by the time I went, when I was in high school, I was already taking some courses in programming. And I was, I was good at it, I think, programming. But I was always really bad at math. Really? Right? Yes. Terrible. Terrible at it. Later, I understood that my problems with math is that it's too abstract for me. But if I have a problem that I need to solve through math, I can do it. Like it comes natural to me if but only if like i have a natural application and that's why i was good at programming because in programming everything like made sense i don't know if, if any of that makes sense to you no i think i understood it and then i i started in the industry and i i like coding but i like design much better that's really what <laughs> I, what i should have done from the beginning but it's really hard because i don't know if you if you notice but most of the designers they come from elsewhere and from other disciplines i did not notice most of the designers that i know anyway anyway we'll get there we will we'll get to that point where so you're in college right mm -hmm. And you met Shelby at that point, making friends, and your interests are getting wider. To an extent. Right. They're still very focused in the same kind of thing, but wider in that same little niche. And where I was going is that when I started making games, like my first couple of games, my taste in, in video games changed so radically. Oh, really? That yeah, that ever since I haven't enjoyed a game in the same way I I used to before making games, huh. because I saw the inner workings. Right, so now I see a game and I'm I'm looking at it and I'm really analyzing like how they did that or why did they did that this way. Does that make you enjoy it did less? It, uh differently. Sometimes That's I fair. I miss those days where I just like play a game, and I read a lot of reviews and I. I know where they're coming from, but I, I just can't do it anymore. It's more like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a note. This is a good technique to do, to do this. Or this is a, a bad example, right? Huh. Are you an animator, just as Shelby, or did you? Yeah. So you're watching a cartoon, you're watching anime. I mean, did it change for you? Or do you enjoy things necessarily? 
I think so, for the most part. I find if I actually notice animation, it's because it's particularly well done or particularly awful. But And mm. if, it, if it's really well done, even if it takes me out of the moment, I'm still like, oh, that was so cool, which just makes me enjoy it mm. more. So it, it might have sharpened my yeah. eye a little bit, but I'm fine with that. What catches your eye? Uh, things that would stand out to me are just things that I probably wouldn't think to do on my own, but they're always like little subtle mm-hmm. things that were like, oh, that's nice, that portrays a lot of emotion, or that was timed in a really, really well manner. Fluidity so is nice, but alone stuff. doesn't do much. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you get down to it, animation is still pretty technical. It's artistic, yeah, but to get to that, you kind of have to know a bunch of technical stuff around it. But you wouldn't hear a non-animator speaking the terms you spoke. You know what I mean? Good point. So, yeah, that's the professional in you, right? Something similar happens to me when I'm looking at a game and I see that it's well executed and I'm like, I feel a little bit of jealousy. I'm going to be honest. It's kind of painful because you know what it takes to make a game, right? Mm -hmm. And you try your best and often you don't get to the best results. So it's like how when someone nails it, it feels so good because it, it reminds me why I'm in this business. But it also is like, oh, they're so good and I, I suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. most people in this industry probably feel that same way in one way or another. They're making games so hard. I don't <laughs> know if you, if you get that sense. Uh, the art side's still pretty hard, so yeah. I don't even understand how you'd program it. that for you? Uh, nerve-wracking. For the first year, I thought mm. I was gonna just get fired, so, you know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but before that... When I was about to get the you... job, I was yeah, certain like, I'd get what fired. Made you, <laughs> what made you consider going into games? Oh, I actually did not intend to go into games at all. I thought I was gonna go into animation. Mm-hmm. But then there was mm-hmm. a job opportunity in games, so I was like, oh hey, a job. That's cool. I'll probably lose it, but it'll be fun. And that was that. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as deep an answer as you're assuming, but <laughs> that's it. This is something that came up with Rob and Shelley too. Oh, really? The exact same answer. They, they Rob wanted to be a comic book artist. Shelby wanted to go into anime in Japan. <laughs> and, like for me, if you're interested, I originally went to university because I wanted to make games, and then because it was so hard for me, the first two years. That was so discouraging to me that I was like, there's no way I can, I, I can hardly grasp what, what they're teaching me, right? In hindsight, I was just being too hard on myself, really, okay? Because I, I, I was getting the grades and I was, I was doing okay. So it was, but in, in, at the moment, I, that's what I thought. So I got so discouraged that I, I forgot about my, my video game ambitions. I was just like, I'm just, I just need to, you know, to get this uh, done. And I'll get whatever job. Like, I don't care. And you you know what changed? Play this game called Samurast. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Nope. But it's basically a point-and-click adventure. It's so pretty. 
and I liked it so much because I didn't like the games in that in in those times because there were like I don't know the themes and stuff. They even seems kind of like too complicated for me. Like games, I always thought like games should be like simpler. Uh, sorry, huh? the fact you got into a, a point no. and click adventure is actually fascinating to me. As far as I know, you tend to be all like, you need all the gameplay in this game, and that's uh, mm-hmm. it was a point and click that got you back into it. Yes. Huh. Samurai, specifically Samurai too. And I played that game, and I was like, oh, games can be like this. And you know why it got me? Because I thought, this is simple enough that I can build it. Oh. Right? So, <laughs> so I started, uh, you know, playing with it. So it was hard for me to translate my, my limited coding knowledge into, like, how do I draw stuff on the screen? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are questions that I wouldn't ask myself. Then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, so gonna make a game so what is a game the good thing is that uh one of my friends uh i met there best coder i know and i met a lot and i met at a university so i was really lucky and he was also into games and he explained to me it's just a loop and I'm like, what do you mean by a loop yeah it's just a while loop and you're just drawing stuff continuously on the screen hmm. right so in, in in a certain way it just works as as an animation, right? Like an animation, you just have a bunch of frames and you just play them rapidly, right? That's what creates the illusion of movement. Huh. So in a game, is the same, but the the frames are not done. The frames are done in real time. So the computer, like, draws it and puts it on screen, then draws the next one and puts it on, on screen, right? Yeah. However, times you you tell the computer to do it. If you want to do it 30 times per second, then you, then you just you know, do it, right? And then I started learning about, you know, how to control frame rates and how to you know, the thing that I was really interested in is how do you put something on screen and then how do you move it, right? And you just change coordinates and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like when you when you learn how to create, you know, your main loop, draw something and move it, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, I started making some games. I, I'm, I, I tried to build point and click adventure and and that's what got me back into games. And I eventually got my first gig as a programmer and stuff like that. Nice. And I don't remember how I don't remember why I started telling you all of this because I went on a big, huge rant. So you get your job in the industry, and now you are a professional video game developer. How does that feel? What does that mean for you? Uh, overwhelming at the time. That's yeah. That's pretty much the main thing I felt. <laughs> It was cool. Oh, it was definitely man. cool to see all the other artists work and stuff. But I, it, mm-hmm. I couldn't understand how the game worked. I didn't quite understand any of the other technicalities to it. But you're there, and you're getting paid. And you're making art assets all day. Yep. Your professional environment compared to the other environments, like the people specifically, how do you think it was different? It felt super weird like at first, just because of the age gap between me and like everyone else in the office. Yes, Especially the ones young, into right? like the other artists were all quite a bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Rob reached out to me pretty early, so I made friends with him pretty fast. But it was kind of hard to bring myself to talk to much of them because you know oh, these these are adults, and I'm just I'm an adult, but I don't feel like an adult. So there's mm-hmm. that kind of disconnect there. Everyone I work with is cool, though. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not because they were like bad people. Yeah. What do you mean by an like an adult? Like, what is your your view of that? I still don't feel much like an adult, but I can recognize it fast on my own. But when I was like 20, I still felt like a teenager or 21, I think, mm-hmm. when I got hired. 
So like I didn't immediately associate myself as like, oh, I'm a I'm a grown adult now. It just I'd look at these other people and go, oh, okay, they're they're way older. That's odd. Which is in itself is kind of an immature mindset anyway. So uh, there's not much to that. <laughs> So you mentioned Rob. Mm-hmm. So he talked to you like one. Mm-hmm. You don't know. But I, I think it's because we had similar interests, and he was I don't know, he was nice to me and Elena when we started. So uh-huh. I don't know, just friendly with all the <laughs> new faces or what. But I got along with him pretty well. Do you know he had a podcast? I don't think he had the podcast when I met him. Mm. I vaguely remember when you guys were starting it, so I don't I don't think yeah. it was a thing yet. And then you started collaborating really early on. Like how was that? Like with the podcast? Why was that? Yeah, because you were there for a bunch of episodes, I think. I was there for like the Valentine's episode. You might have got me into doing one of them for like a dodgeball team or something. I wanted some amiibo cards from you, I think. And you got me to do uh-huh. something. So there might be another <laughs> one. but. And then there was the episode, the uh, Mary Kate and Ashley episode. Do you remember that, that one? Was that an episode or was that like a, a video that playthrough? Was... I played a couple games yeah. with you. Was... Yeah, there's... Oh, okay, so your first appearance here is on episode 18. You appear as Ghost Jordan, so I guess you didn't talk <laughs> about that one, but you were, but you were there. What was and it? Then... I, I feel you like Rob 18? just probably mentioned me. Mario Par- no, Mario Party 10, I remember you were there. Oh, Mario Party 10, okay, yeah. Uh, you recorded a gameplay, but I think your microphone didn't work or something. So I didn't show up yeah. on an episode, I showed up on whatever recorded gameplay footage you had. Okay, your first like official appearance in the show is in episode sixty nine, <laughs> of which course, is, uh, which was released on Valentine's Day of twenty sixteen, not too long ago. But this is one of our very best episodes, and you were there. Yeah. And why did this happen, Jordan? Why? Uh, someone guilted me into it. I don't know if it was Rob. Probably Rob. What do you remember about? Not a whole lot. I made you guys play some games. We talked about the mm-hmm. games. A little bit about the genre, and that was, I suppose, much what I remember from it. Yeah, to you, I guess it's it's normal, but to me, it was like like life changing, <laughs> life changing experience. Yeah, I didn't know what I had picked for so, you. <laughs> that was yeah interesting. I know, but I didn't know this. Ex- I I had some idea that this kind of thing existed, but explain to me, like, what did you make us play? What? What? I made you guys play dating sims. Why? It's because yeah, it'd exactly. be funny Why for Valentine's you? Day. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I brought it up as a joker. Rob did. It just kind of uh-huh. happened because episode 69 happened to fall very close on Valentine's Day anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just, oh, it'd be funny if we played dating sims. That's also why I think we it was a whole bunch of uh, guys dating guys, essentially, was just because mm-hmm. those were games you guys would never play seriously ever, as far as I know. So that was just a joke. <laughs> Even less so, I think, like, seriously. me. But I, I want to talk a little bit about the connotations of you know playing dating sims because you thought this is gonna be funny and it's and it's just i don't think it's just i figured you'd all hate like, them it's a very niche appeal to them i guess and if mm-hmm. you don't fall into the target audience i generally would assume you won't like it and these ones even more so because they're for these ones are for women and i was getting a bunch of guys to play them so there's that double mm-hmm. level if you guys wouldn't play a dating sim to begin with you probably definitely won't play one where you're supposed to play as a girl mm-hmm I was really interested to hear your opinion on it. was not disappointed. That was interesting. (laughs) How did you get into this exactly? 
into like dating sims and stuff like that because i know that you have a like a special taste for them right i do like them yeah uh how do you get into them i don't know i i guess i'm just part of the target audience for it so when they were coming out i'm like oh this will be awesome and i enjoyed it so i just kind of kept with it but what what platform was that like was it pc from the beginning or? i can't remember the very first visual novel i played it's either 999 which i wanted because it was some kind of like not horror but it was like a, a violent visual novel and I wanted to play that, which is not a dating sim. Or it was Hakuoki, which was a dating sim. And I just wanted it because it seemed funny and I liked it anyway. So it's really just, it just aligns with your taste for, for anime and video games, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I like I like good stories and they they don't always have good stories, but there's always a focus on storytelling if it's done right. Are they video games to you? I'd consider them games, sure. Because a lot of them are just basically what you're doing are flipping pages on a book. Yep. Right. Is that enough to be a game? I mean, you're still clicking buttons. You're still, in theory, making choices. So sure, why not? Mm. If I'm just clicking the X button to go destroy about ten guys with one swing, is it that different from pushing an X button to do it with text? That's a really good point. Like quick time events. Yeah. Sure. Because to me, I was I was listening to to this other podcast from the club it's called Masters of Unlocking, and they were discussing this. This article about an academic, I remember his name, Ian something. And this guy was making the, the point that video games are inferior at storytelling, so they shouldn't, shouldn't even bother trying to tell stories. Hmm, it's weird. Yeah, it, it is, right? I have had discussions a lot with Rob, specifically, about some aspects of this. But my point is, sometimes when you're playing a game and then it goes into cutscenes, right? Mm-hmm. That part is not a game. Like the Rob's point is that the whole package is a game, right? So cutscenes are part of the narrative of the whole work, right? As a whole. Mm-hmm. So he views it. He views that as a whole. But when I'm thinking about the development side of it, that you're trying to make something that is really cohesive, right? So when you go into a cutscene, to me, it's like, well, that's the lazy way of doing it, right? It's like you're trying to tell a story, and your mechanics are not helping you. Your mechanics are just there to bring you from what cuts into the next one, which is really what's telling the story. And that's where I have a problem with it. I can see that point but of view. But what do you think? Uh, I tend to like cutscenes just because, you know, sometimes your gameplay mechanics actually don't help. I don't want pointless mini games just to move the story forward. But I see your point. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bother to tell a story with the game, you should try and make sure it's a story that flows well with gameplay and not one you can just tell with the with the movie. Yeah. So my problem with that is that like non-interactive media has been explored for longer than video games for for storytelling. So there's a lot of convention and there's a lot of already accepted techniques that exist in, let's say, in film, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. So that language is very well understood. So when I see a cutscene in a game, like sure, right, it's using a lot of that language. You're not playing it; it's not interactive. The interactive part of gaming sometimes is viewed as a lesser form. So you have to go to this higher form of storytelling, which is like remove interaction. And I feel that if we keep relying on that as developers, then we're not going to explore what we have at our disposal, which is the interaction with the player as a form of narrative, like narrative mechanics. And it has been done to different degrees of success, I think. Something I think that's kind of interesting is that like I mentioned 999, and that's part of a Zero Escape series. And the first game is all, it's 2D, it's a, a visual novel, straight up. It's fine, you get some gameplay in like inspecting rooms and solving puzzles, but it's nothing, nothing really moves, except 2D sprites. 
And the second game is very similar, except the 2D is replaced with 3D models, which is an interesting choice, but anyway. But then you get to the third one, and they decided they were going to try it differently. And it's it's essentially one incredibly long, arguably badly animated cutscene, where you have your choices are... Like, you, you get stopped during the game, kind of. Like, you have a timer to make a decision, and that's a lot of your gameplay. There's still... There's still investigation scenes and like puzzle solving, but they it's not mm-hmm. visual novel, it's all it's all cutscene and your choices are mixed into it. So I thought that was kind of an interesting interesting way forward. I, I don't know if I prefer it. The animation certainly didn't uh, didn't make up for it, but it was kinda cool. So this game you're talking about is nine hours, nine persons, nine doors? Uh the first one. Is it the same? Yeah, that's the first game. The first one. For the DS. Uh yeah. The the one that's all 3D cutscenes is Zero Time Dilemma, which had a good story, good characters. I liked it. The animations were just not that not that great, not enough to justify a whole cutscene game, but uh-huh. I still very much enjoyed it. I don't know if the so, that made it better or worse than just the visual novel aspect, though. So you play visual novels mainly for the story element. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, the story and the characters. Like if I'm gonna play a multiplayer game or something, I don't I don't care about any of that. I just want to get to the gameplay. Don't throw pointless story in. But if I'm playing a solo experience, then I I generally want story and characters anyway, and visual novels delivering just that. So I like it. Where do you see the genre going? Uh, it probably won't evolve very much. At least not yet. Again, like they tried something new with the Your Time Dilemma. I don't know how all that new direction was received so there's some experimentation but for the most part they're still they're still pretty standard you kind of know what you're getting into and is this kind of like the case in this specific genre like in anime which people have like huge discussions about what anime is and part of the definition is that it comes from japan some other definitions doesn't say it has to come from japan it's more like certain conventions is it the case here too i'm not entirely sure what you're asking like the definition of visual example, novel I'll tell you my experience because I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm saying nonsense because I'm not familiar with the genre, but in my experience, what I've seen is that like really well-regarded, most famous examples of this come from Japan. Yep. Same with anime, right? Yep. But for example, the um, couple of games that we've played, that I play for the Valentine's Day special are not from Japan, but the story is, has a lot of faux Japanese vibe. And also, like, the art style, it, it, it tries to be anime, but fails. I think it's a matter of you know. influence rather than any specific kind of thing. Because visual novels, mm-hmm. as you said, they mostly come from Japan. So if you like them, you're t- probably playing Japanese games. So if you're going to make one, you're probably going to follow that kind of kind of influence, I guess. But is there such a thing like a Western dating sim? Uh, I'm sure there are. I think the only ones I've played have been very anime in look but I can't imagine that there's not some more Western-styled ones. Dream Daddy was a kind of a mix. That wasn't super anime. Dream Daddy? Yeah. I don't think that was super Dream anime. Daddy. It was a kind of a joke mm. game, but uh, I suppose you could argue it was a little <laughs> anime-influenced. But I wouldn't look at it and say that's anime. If you ever want to date game dads... is involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Or oh, I'm talking very specifically about uh, Seduce Me. Yeah. And whatever <laughs> Michael Lawson does. And uh, what was the name of the game? Aozora Make You? That sounds right. Was That's the one that the, the one we played. And they're both like trying to be anime. The second one for sure is trying to appeal to anime fans. There's no other reason half the game is like it is if it wasn't trying to appeal to anime fans. 
But it just it looks so terrible. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not there. It's, it doesn't get there. Even though I also don't like that particular style of anime, the art style of that. But when I see it, I know okay, this is this is well done for what it is. And then you see like Westerners trying to to replicate that, and it always it's always off. You know what I mean? It's like proportions are wrong or something like that i don't know how to describe it i know what you mean i don't think you're always right because there's definitely some artists that draw anime and they do it really well but for a good chunk of these yep. games you find on like steam yeah it's a lot of they're trying for anime but they haven't quite gotten there yeah but it's not it's not just the art style it's also like the stories and the characters like they they try to act as if in an Japanese setting, and but it's it's like no, this also is kind of off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's like the anime mm-hmm. influence again, rather than any actual want to do it. Well, in yeah. Seduce Nice's case, in the second case, it's definitely trying to be anime. So this goes really. Late. I don't know if this is gonna come out. Um, well, now I'm curious. You know, not you <laughs> know, not rude way, but I'll say it anyway. Like I think we're reaching. That weeaboo kind of culture, you know what I mean? Uh, yep. So, what is the connection there? Like, why does that exist? What, 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 why do you think that that kind of thing exists? That weeaboo culture exists in general? Yep, 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 yep. I think it's just because anime is so anime. It's not. It's not really. You can't find it easily here unless you're looking at actual anime. And the people when they like that, they go, "Oh, that's that's awesome. I like to see this stuff." And that just kind of carries into an obsession. I guess. Mm-hmm. And in, in the cases but, of these games, in one case they're trying to make it anime, but the other one I think it was just that she liked anime enough that she thought this was normal because that's all she would consume. When I was growing up in Mexico, I would watch like cartoons when I was a kid. And there, there was anime, but there was no distinction of it. You know, I don't, I, I don't remember ever hearing that term. I understood that it was different, different style. And growing up, that was my experience with with cartoons, right? And you will like cartoons, and you, or you won't, wouldn't like, and you like some of them more than others. At some point, they got super popular, and then this kind of culture was created. You know what I mean? It's not like people like it, liked it more or less. It was more like a permit to get weird. No, am I wrong? It might just be an age gap because I think I was part mm-hmm. of that generation where it started to get super popular. So I, I didn't notice anything like a before or after. It was just. Like, I don't think I mentioned it, but I had a fucking weeaboo phase for sure, where I, I wouldn't oh. even watch Western cartoons at that point. I was just anime, only anime. And that, that was, mm-hmm. it was already on the internet at that point, so there were other people like me. So it, there wasn't mm-hmm. a before stage for that. But there was definitely a point where I was watching, like, Digimon and Cardcaptors and Pokemon, and I didn't know it was anime. It was only when I got to the, mm-hmm. I want to say adult, but Inuyasha is not adult. <laughs> the... Yeah, whatever. Inuyasha. When I got to that, I was like, oh, this is an actual thing. There's more stuff that's like this. You said, I had a weeaboo face. Oh, no. There's a before and there's an after, right? So what made you go deep into that? And then what made you go out of that? Uh, Getting out of it was definitely maturing. By the end of high school Mm -hmm. and early college, I was definitely falling out of it by that point because I realized, like, this is stupid. (laughs) I can like anime, I don't have to obsess over it, it's not better than anything else. 
getting into mm. it, I I wouldn't really know. It just happened. Like yes, you happened. don't really notice that it's happening to you until you start to fall out of it, and you're like, "What was that? Why was I doing mm. that?" Okay. Not not a good time. <laughs> not a good time. A little embarrassing. When you have collaborated, does it have any sort of effect on you personally? I don't think so. Occasionally people are like, oh, hey, I heard the episode you were in. Or more often mm -hmm. I hear that you guys said something about me. But mm -hmm. I tend to forget the podcast even exists half the time. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad friend. <laughs> but um, when you go into the show, does it make you think differently about what the stuff that we're going to talk about, like, for example, when, let's say, I'm playing a game, right? Mm -hmm. And if I don't like it, and if, if, it's, if it's not for the show, I don't care about it. But when I'm playing a game specifically for the show, it's like I'm, I'm going to take some notes. I'm going to try to find, you know, an angle to say something mildly interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a difference here cool. is that I don't think I've played anything specifically for the show. It's all been things I've played, mm -hmm. except for Sudusumi 2, I guess. I hadn't played that before. I didn't make much for notes, I just kind of like pointed out some stupid things that happened in the game. I don't think I looked at it more objectively. Just, eh, I'm playing a game. I'll keep track of what I thought. So it really doesn't really make a difference for you? Not really, no. That's what you're saying, right? That's so interesting. Interest with, it's it sprinkled with a couple of really thin flakes but they don't go unnoticed of disappointment. You know <laughs> I, mean? I, don't, I don't get super, like... I don't look a whole lot into games unless I really like something or really dislike it, and I kind of go like, well, why, why am I not? Or why am I liking it so much? And I, other than that, I don't really... I don't go much into it. If it's fine, then it's fine. My end results are like, oh, okay, it didn't stand out, but it was fine. You're sort of the reason why Shelby's in the show, right? Uh, I don't think so. She just joined on Rob's invitation, didn't she? Yeah, but you, you, you told her about it, right? Oh, yeah, I linked her one episode, the one I was in before. Because I figured she would also uh -huh. enjoy the fact that a bunch of guys were talking about visual novels that they weren't going to quite like. <laughs> Although, surprisingly, uh -huh. Lef and Rob didn't mind it. You were fascinated, I guess, by it, but I don't think uh -huh. you liked it. You know, in hindsight, I, I liked it a lot more than... I was gonna make it. <laughs> I wanna thank you. Thank you for, for doing this. Cool. Thank you for thinking about having me on the show, I guess. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to next year's special. <laughs> I wonder what they'll be. I wonder too. Cool. it for this episode of bonus bonus battle i hope you enjoy this episode it is a lot of fun to put them together learning how video games have affected the lives of us involved with them now as adults next week the main show will be back and we'll be talking about an arcade thanks for listening